Well, when Pastor Brian told me, he said, hey, just kind of during this season right here, if there are verses or scriptures that have impacted you significantly and you felt comfortable teaching on them, that would be great to be able to do. And so uh, what, what I was just thinking about is there's been a passage of scripture that's come to my heart uh, within, I don't know, it hasn't been like a life's verse for a long time or something like that, but a passage that has impacted me deeply that I'd like to, us to look at here in just a moment as it relates to Acts chapter 12. But before I jump into it, can you just tell your neighbor right now, I'm so glad you came to church today. Go ahead, just tell your neighbor that. Tell your other neighbor, the person on the other side, say, you look like you need some church. You look like you could use a little church. Well, the title of my message today is Open the Door. Somebody say, Open the Door. Years back as a youth pastor, I had gone on this missions trip, planning trip. Like I was going before the students all came. I was going to go and plan it all out. So I got to go and see where we'd be staying. I was like, oh, these are going to be kind of rough conditions. Our, our students are going to be in for real uh, just growth opportunity here. And then they're like, and if you get to shower, it's going to be a cold shower. But if the water's working, it'd be right here. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to be something right there. And then I was eating where we'd be eating. And so, man, after, after a few days of just my diet being different, I was feeling kind of funky and wonky, you know, from that. And so I hadn't slept really well. I had not eaten in a way that I was used to. I had not taken a, a normal shower, and I just, I, I just stunketh, right? You know it's bad. It's one thing when you stink and other people know, but it's really bad when you stink and you know it. You're just like, I can't even get away from me. Like, it was just bad. Came time for me to fly home, and I was just ready to be back in the United States of America. I was just ready to be home. And as I got ready to fly out, they canceled my flight, like, you want to see if you're really saved or not. Get a situation like that, have them cancel your flight. You start questioning everything. So I was like, oh, Lord, Father God, Holy Spirit, Son, everybody, I need all the help I can get. Get me home, Jesus. I need to get home. Got my flight rescheduled. But there was going to be a very, very tight connection as I came through DFW to get back to Springfield, Missouri. And so I thought, well, hey, I'll, I'll take it. It'll be tight, but I'll, I'll be fine. And then when we got here to the DFW area, we got in. You, maybe you've experienced it before if you've flown very often, that dreaded holding pattern where the plane's just circling like you can see the runway. <laughs> 20 minutes later, you still can see it, you know. And so I, I looked down. I was like, man, I've got like... 20 minutes to make my connection. Oh, my goodness. I only have like 10 minutes to make my connection. Oh, my goodness. So I'm just, my, my heart's racing. I'm like, I just want to be home. I'm tired. I'm hungry. How many of you know somebody when they get tired and hungry, they just, they act demon-possessed? You know anybody like that? Don't point at them if they're in here. But I was like, somebody get me off this plane. Just give me a parachute. The brother will jump right now. Just get me off of this plane. Well, finally, we landed. And again, if you've flown before, especially if you've ever connected a flight, you know that this is how it goes. If you have a really, really long layover, like so much time, you don't know what you're going to do with all the time. Like, how am I going to kill all of that time? What happens is they, they, uh, you, you land, you arrive at gate A1. Now, you have about five-hour layover, but when you leave, you're going to be departing from gate A2. You know how that works, right? It's just like that's how you do it. But, but, the, but the powers that be, I, I don't know exactly who they are, but there's these people behind closed doors. What happens is if you have a short one, 
not a lot of time. What they do is they get another, okay, Scotty Gibbons coming in here. Here's what we're going to do. Let's drop him off at A1. Looks like he's got about five minutes to connect. Let's make his connecting gate Z4.3 billion. <laughs> so I land and I've got about five minutes. They drop me off, let's say A1. I've got to go to Z4.3 billion. And I get off of that plane and I'm just running. I don't mean kind of running. I mean like really running. I was that guy who lost all social awareness at the airport. I'm running over women and small children and I don't even care. I'm just running. I'm like, God, I've got to get to this gate. My legs were burning. My heart's about to beat out. I hadn't run like that in my whole life. And I'm running and I'm thinking, I'm about to die. But that's a better option than me not getting home tonight. So I kept going and I finally can see gate Z 4.3 billion in the distance. And I can see that the last few passengers are getting on. So my hope was revived. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I'm getting closer and closer. Last person goes through the lady shuts the door and turns around. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Ooh, I made it. Woo, that was close. Oh, my goodness. Pull out my ticket. I hand it to her, and she looks at the ticket. She looks at me, and she says, I'm sorry, the door is closed. I'm like, no, I'm, I just ran. Plane was circling. I just need to get on the plane. She said, once the door is closed, it's closed, and you can't get on. And she turned around and walked off as if to say, this conversation is over. Well, I'm a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit ashamed to admit it. There are just some moments I just wish I wasn't a preacher. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, just like, it just rises up in me. You know, most of the time I'm proud to be, but not in a moment like that. I'm like, I'm wanting to say, I saw you close it. Now I'm about to watch you open it. Like, that's what I was wanting to say, because I got to get on the plane. Somebody say, open the door. Well, I, I want to talk to you on this thought today, because, man, it is a bummer when you know that where you are and between where you are and where you want to be or need to be, there's a closed door. And all it would take for you to get from where you are to where you feel like you want or you need or where God would have you is for somebody to, come on, say it with me, open the door. That's why I want to read this passage to you today. I love this passage of Scripture. I really do. And when I draw the inside out towards the back end of the message, uh, you can see it has a really profound thought. But I love just like the whole uh, storyline. Like, this scripture makes me laugh. If you don't laugh ever when you read the Bible, you're not reading it right. Because God slips some things in there on you that if you're paying attention, you're going to go, now that was funny. I mean, and this is one of the stories right here. Just to give you context, in Acts chapter 12, we're catching up with the story of the early church. Uh, the church was just forming, was just being launched. And so these were the early days. And, and so in the early church, followers of Jesus were being persecuted. King Herod had just had James executed. So when he did that and all the people liked it and his popularity grew, he proceeded to continue to do this because he realized that persecuting these Christians helped his reputation and so now he goes after Simon Peter. He gets Peter. He arrests him, 
That's where we catch up with the story in Acts chapter 12, verse 5. If you're ready for this, say, "Uh uh-huh. Come on, a few minutes, say, oh, yeah. Says So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. How many of you are thankful you're part of a praying church? Anybody in here at North Place Church? Aren't you thankful for your church when you're in need, when you're going through something difficult? Thank God you're a part of a praying church. Simon Peter's in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And sentries stood guard at the entrance, verse 7 says, suddenly, somebody say suddenly, come on, shout suddenly, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. I love this. This is so out of control crazy. This is so beyond the norm that even a guy who had walked with Jesus and seen miracles happen in this moment is thinking, I must be dreaming. Have you ever had moments in your own life, in your own journey with Jesus where you looked at it and you thought, I cannot believe that God is this good? Have you ever had that happen before? Maybe you've had like a near-miss accident or, or, or some situation to where you lost control of the car and it was, when it was all said and done, your heart's being like, whoo, whoo, well, as if God had just picked up your car and, and taken it. Anybody ever had something like that happen before? Maybe you're in a conversation and, and as you were talking, like you were talking but you were listening to you talk. And as you're listening to you talk, you're like, that's good right there. I didn't even think of that. You just knew that God was speaking through you. You ever had that? Or divine appointment where you needed something or something's heavy on your heart and the right person at the right time does the right thing, says the right thing. You say, it must be God. There are some suddenlies in our lives where just all of heaven seems to come to help. And Simon Peter is like, man, I thought I was dreaming. But look at verse 10. It says, they, meaning the angel and Peter, passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. You're like, big deal. Walmart does that. No, this is a big iron gate right here. And they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, it says, suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Come on, shout suddenly. Suddenly, the angel left him. Wow. He's in prison, bound with chains, surrounded by soldiers. Suddenly, an angel shows up. Chains fall off. What? Angel says, come on. He's like, what about those guards? He's like, just follow me. He's just tiptoeing. You know, you got an angel, but you're still being careful. (laughs) Trying to get past the guards. Then they get to the iron gates like, great, I got out of prison, got out of the chains, got past the guards, and now we're stuck right here. They're going to catch up. They're going to find me. And it opens up. He's like, man, I must be dreaming. This is crazy. This is cool. And then it says, suddenly, somebody say suddenly, suddenly the angel's gone. Man. He was probably thinking, I'd have been cool if you just stayed with me. We could have made a great team. 
Nobody's going to believe this back at the house. I wish you'd at least come home with me so I could show everybody. But there are suddenlies that happen in our lives. In some moments, it's just like you feel the goosebumps. Sometimes you just feel great. I mean, you just feel like, oh, this is a moment. And then there are other suddenlies in life to where you realize uh, you can be experiencing supernatural. But then God calls us to walk in the supernormal. Most of my days, this may shock some of y'all because y'all just think I glow in the dark and I'm so spiritual and I'm so holy. Most of my days, I don't feel angels or see them. Some days I'm like, Lord, could you send an angel? And I know you got a lot. I just need one. Lord, would you make a cloud look like an angel just as a sign, just that I know that you're with me right now? I don't feel anything. There's scripture where we understand that he's called us to walk by faith, not by sight. So in this story with Peter, he has an angel shows up. Then he has his angel that is gone and he has supernatural moments. He has supernormal moments. And then look at what it says in verse 11. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from, the, from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. So he gets out of jail miraculously, and he makes a beeline for the prayer meeting. Great call. When he gets there, the brothers and sisters are praying, specifically praying for his release. Verse 13. says that Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda, good old Rhoda, came to answer the door. Good old righteous Rhoda. I mean, he's knocking outside the door and good old radical righteous Rhoda comes to the door. Everybody's in there praying, but Rhoda hears the knock at the door, peels off of the prayer meeting, comes to answer the door. And it says in verse 14, when she recognized Peter's voice, she recognized his voice. Obviously, she said something like, who is it? And he said, it's me, Peter. She recognizes his voice. And she was so overjoyed, she threw open the door. She embraced him and said, I'm so excited. We knew God was going to do it. And here you are. Except for, that's not what it says, is it? This is where, come on, you just got to laugh. You just got, this is just hilarious because it says, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she what? She ran back without opening it. Can you imagine? He's running for his life. He's looking over his shoulders. He gets to the prayer meeting. Door's like, ah. He's knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Radical, righteous Rhoda hears the knock, goes on. Who is it? It's me, Peter. She's like, oh, my word. I can't believe it's you. It is. It's me. Can you open the door? We've been praying for you. Thank you. Open the door. Oh, this is incredible. It really is you. That's funny. But what's crazy is what happens when she goes back in. 
She ran back without opening it and explained to the people they're all praying. And she interrupts them. They're all calling out to God. And she goes, you won't believe it. It says she explained, Peter is at the door. And look at the people of God, the women of God, the men of God. Said in verse 15, you are out of your mind. Is this crazy or what? And they told her, you're out of your mind. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel then because it ain't really him. I don't know about you, but this is extremely convicting to me because I see myself in this story. There they are calling out to God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We need a miracle. Oh, God. Just deliver him. Oh, you know how we love Simon Peter. Oh, Lord, we know you love him. Oh, God. Oh, Herod's about to kill him. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, just like you with Moses. Lord, deliver Peter just like you with Moses. Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, God. When they threw Daniel in the den of lions. Oh, God. We just pray in righteous radical. Rhoda comes in and says, Peter's at the door. Like, what? Oh, hold on, God. What? Peter's at the door. You know, Rhoda has always been crazy. You know, she's always been a little crazy. They're praying for a miracle. The miracle shows up at the door, and they say, well, that can't be true. <laughs> and I thought about that just for our time together this morning. I, I've preached this passage before because it's one of my favorite passages and stories because of what it teaches me. But I've never preached it in terms of the word, just the thought and the direction of what I felt like on my heart today for us and it's simply this God will do the miracle he just wants us to open the door can you imagine it says in verse 16 <laughs> when they kept insisting when Rhoda kept insisting to the people and they say you're out of your mind they're like Rhoda a little crazy you know she's she's, she's y'all pray for Rhoda Rhoda thinks Peter but we all know that that's and said when she kept insisting, they said, well, it must be his angel. But verse 16, check this out. <laughs> but Peter kept on knocking. What do you think is going through the brother's mind about right now? I'm guessing he is going, it was easier to get out of prison than it is to get into the prayer meeting. <laughs> like I had chains, I had guards, and I had, but hey, we made it out of that. I just can't get in, I can't get into the Bible study. I just can't get in right here. And I think that when God looks at a lot of our situations, he wants us to know that he'll do the supernatural. Sometimes your step is super practical. Just open the door. Oh, God. Would you just, oh, God. Lord, if you, he's like, I got you. I got you. I, he, he, you know what? He's at the door. Could you open it? Oh, God. Oh, I just need a miracle. He's like, well, I can do the miracle. I just need you to open the door. Oh, God. Maybe somebody get up and preaches and says, here's what you need to do. And you're like, well, it can't be that easy. Oh, God. And I thought about that as it relates to whatever it is that you're praying about, that you're asking God for, that you're needing God to do or God to provide.
Um, sometimes between you and the breakthrough that you're needing, God's done what he needs to do, and he's left a step for you just to take a step of faith and to do your part and watch the collision of that super practical with his supernatural become the miracle that you've been praying for. Um, let me get very specific, and I don't know which one of these just examples may apply to you, but I do believe that the Lord is speaking to hearts, and he'll bring some things to your mind about what it is that you're praying about and what your next move would be. But there are some people who battle with anxiety or a lack of peace, and they're praying for peace. Some people, I'm not saying in every circumstance or situation, so you allow the Holy Spirit to apply it to your heart. But some people who are battling with and they're praying for a miracle of peace. And God is saying, if you will open up, crack open the word of God, it is filled with promises, with assurances, with truth that is alive. It is active. It's already anointed. Like it is power packed. It is from heaven. If you will open that book up and fill your heart and your mind with that, you will be shocked at the way you are transformed in the way that you're thinking and the way that you're seeing life. But can I just be honest? As a preacher, what's so crazy to me is that you can be talking with people who are praying for a miracle in life, and you say that to them, and they go, well, that's cool. But what I'm needing is I'm needing a miracle. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not I'm, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying let God take, a, ter, take care of that part. But when your ratio of intake with entertainment or with news is such in comparison to your de- diving into the Word of God, we shouldn't be shocked or surprised or just going, I just, oh, God. Oh, God. Pray for me, preacher. I need a miracle. I'm just struggling and I'm just battling. And I don't mean just like a little proverb a day to keep the devil away. Like if that's where you start, that is awesome. But when you recognize all that you're facing and fighting can be impacted by getting deep into the word of God, meditating on it, getting it into your heart, going, this is what I'm facing. What does the Bible say about that? This is what I'm going through. What does the Bible say about that? This is what I'm, 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 I'm struggling. What does the Bible say about that? And then I start getting it into me and I start declaring it. I start reciting it. I start rehearsing it. I start meditating on it. All of a sudden, God's going, you are unleashing a miracle in your life because of a super practical step that you took I mean for real there are a lot of people who need a miracle in finances needing provision oh God oh God he said why are you tithing I can't afford to tithe I need a miracle he said well let me give you a secret this is just between us but here's how God works When you do what he tells you to do, he will bless it. God's not needing you to turn water to wine, but when he says fill up the jars, go do it. He's not needing you to feed 5,000 people, but when he says hand me that fish and bread, don't be afraid. Say, if this is what he said, I'll trust you, God. Needing a miracle and provision, but robbing God. Thank you. Now think of your takeaway. 
There's something that you're walking through. There's something that you're needing. But what if the supernatural is on the, on the other side of your super practical? For some of us, we're praying for miracles in our marriages. And you know what? Our marriage needs a miracle. But what if God prompts your heart and says, go to a counselor? Or I don't need a counselor. I need a miracle. What if God uses the counseling session to bring restoration and reconciliation and your marriage is miraculously healed? Or someone's praying, God, I need a miracle in my body. He said, what if you put down the, the big Slurpee and the quadruple Big Mac? And we're like, now some of y'all are like, all right, you just went from preaching to meddling. You had to go there. Now, I, I'm, I'm, we're having fun. But I just wonder sometimes when God's going, you want a miracle, what you need to do is just exercise. I'll give you a miracle. Just put the Twinkie down while you pray for it. Is this too practical? So just think in terms of what is it that you're praying about. For some of you, honestly, you're looking for relationships, you're wanting to connect, and even as Pastor Jason said it just a few moments ago, or at the different campuses, just as, as you're listening, like, like there's a chance to get plugged into the life of the church and going, God, I feel lonely. God, I don't feel connected. And your next step is growth track. But you're like, well, I don't need growth track, I need a miracle. What if your supernatural miracles on the other side of super practical step of do what you need to do? I just want to grow in the word of God. I need to grow. I need to, I need to be supported. I need to be encouraged. Or in a small group. I don't need a small group. I need a miracle. What if God wants to provide the miracle through you becoming a part of a small group? Some of you are praying for maybe a situation of a of a young boy, young girl, and you're like, it's heartbreaking, it's heart-wrenching. God, would you be with them and help them? And God's saying, yes, here's what I want to do. I want you to adopt them. You're going, Lord, they need a miracle. You're like, I know. They can see on the other side what they want. They just need somebody who's willing to say, I can open this door. Let me open the door. Peter kept knocking. And there are some of you that you're trying to get where God wants you and you're trying to experience all that God has for you. And you feel like, Scotty, I'm reading. Man, I'm in a small group. I'm tithing. I'm giving it all I've got. And I just can't seem to get my breakthrough. Can I encourage you? It says, Peter just kept on knocking. He kept on knocking knocking. Some of us get to a point